0: 10 to 1, episode 92.
1: Top 10 non-essential kitchen essentials.
0: Welcome to 10 to 1, the podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer.
1: And I'm Melissa Kozer. And way back when we first started this podcast, we did our top 10 kitchen essentials. Mm -hmm. That was maybe in the teens. It was under 20. And I always promised that we'd get into my favorite kitchen items that aren't crucial, but I really like to have them. And so about two years later, here we are. So, uh, obviously you can survive without these, but now that I've got these items, it's really hard for me to go back to not having them, and if they have a break, I'm probably going to buy myself a new one. Okay? And this is going to be another one of those lists where I'm mostly just giving my opinions, and it's my list, and Brian's just going to be chiming in with his thoughts and opinions. He doesn't have a list. He doesn't care about what happens in the kitchen so long as his food gets made.
0: That's more or less true.
1: Indeed. So let's launch into number 10, and that is a pepper mill. All right, so of all of them, I would say this is the least essential. Not everybody loves pepper the way I do, but it is a fantastic spice, and whether you like pepper or not, you need to stop buying the pre-canned... Uh, pre shredded whatever <laughs> pepper because that doesn't hold a candle to the freshly grated, freshly ground pepper. It's amazing. So much more pungent, more spice, mm. more pop and flavor. And I would, I do not have a pepper mill yet. So far, I've been right. buying the ones that you can at the store. But what I really want to get is you know, one of those fancy pepper mills from uh, online. And here's why. <laughs> because those you can refill. They're stainless steel. That's the kind that you want because hmm. those don't get dull. I've had one hmm. where it got mm-hmm. dull and it was so hard to get even a little bit of pepper out. That was a chore to grind. And... right. The other reason I want a really nice pepper mill is one I want one that you can adjust the fineness mm. or coarseness of the grind, so with the store bought ones that it's you know it's in a glass bottle and you grind mm-hmm. grind away then um it's all the same grind pretty much, sure you'll have some smaller flecks, but you can't have a consistent grind. So you'll get some large flecks, some small flex. What I want is there are a few times I want just small flecks. Other times, I don't care. I'll, I'll take a blend of both. And a few times, I want some nice, large uh, grinds. So I think a, a stainless steel pepper mill is what's going to really work r- really well for me.
0: So what's the difference between a large grind and a small grind? Like, do you use one for cooking and one for Seasoning food or something like that, like larger pieces in soup or, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of times, uh, ideally, that you want the larger grind to be kind of lost in other stuff like that. Okay. Um, if it's something where you're going to really be biting down into the peppercorn, mm-hmm. uh, you better like pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh So I have a book called The Food Lab by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, mm-hmm. and at the beginning, he goes through what he considers a bunch of kitchen essentials, and I made my own little list of uh basically looking through his book, and I was like, yep, that sounds good, and I don't have it, but someday I will get it. And the pepper mill that he re- recommends is a Unicorn Magnum pepper mill. It has a solid metal grinding mechanism, and he hmm. said that's what you want. And I will attest that having the metal grinding mechanism is very key, because after having that dull one, I said never more. So that's my number ten. Not, uh, not one that everybody's gonna agree is essential, but I love pepper. And yes, you can have too much pepper in a recipe, but I've yet to reach that point. Usually to me the more pepper the merrier. So that's my number 10, <laughs> a pepper mill.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to pick up one of these. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe Christmas. Yeah. Okay. My number 9 is a pastry blender. And yes, hmm. you can get by with is. Oh, okay. So this is an item that you use to cut butter into flour. Uh, so you could mm-hmm. put like a stick of butter into flour, say for a pie crust, mm-hmm. and then you're supposed to blend it in, get it into little, uh, little pieces, little slivers, and then mix it in with, uh, the dough. It's called cutting it in hmm. to where it's very, so finely grated almost that you can mix it and while you could grate your butter you run the risk of the heat the warmth from your hands mm. warming the butter and for some things like biscuits mm-hmm. and pie dough the the real key to excellent dough is cold butter hmm. so a pastry cu- a pastry blender yeah a pastry blender is going to take all the hard work out for you uh, I have done it before with two forks, and you can do that by kind of oh, yeah. uh, going that. back and doing kind of an X motion with your hands, mm-hmm. using the the forks to sort of blend the butter that way. Uh, but that's a lot of work, whereas uh, it is still some work with a pastry blender, but it's a whole lot less and so much easier, especially now you want to do your research um, and get a really sturdy one, The one that I have, I got from Amazon, and it's a Galley Stop Pastry Blender. It's a small company. I think it's family owned, but uh, theirs has worked super well. In fact, they asked me to rate and review it, and I never did, uh, because at the time I hadn't used it very much. So I just looked it up in my email, and I think I'll go on there and rate it five stars because it's really sturdy. Uh, a lot of other pastry blenders, people had said that the handle after a while kind of breaks and it swivels and moves around and mm-hmm. you want a handle that's going to be really sturdy and not move under you, you know, cause your, your wrist is pressing down hard on that handle, especially with cold butter. That's, that's a really hard substance. So you want to, uh, you want something that's going to be able to put up with a lot of abuse. And the blade has stayed nice and sharp, too. It hasn't rusted. Uh, I would recommend hand-washing it, though. Get a good scrub brush. It's supposed to be dishwasher-safe, but I found that it starts to tarnish a little bit in the dishwasher. Um, And for something like that, where you want it to stay nice and sharp, uh, so maybe not let water dry on it, I would recommend uh, hand-washing it. But that's Galley Stop Pastry Blender off of Amazon excellent excellent tool
0: Hmm. i did recognize this when i looked up a picture of it i did know what that was for i guess but did not know what it was called
1: there you go there you go my number nine Hmm. all right my number eight is uh i'm really not even sure what it's called i call it a scraper it's just a little brown kind of two inch by two inch Mm -hmm. Uh, square almost, and, uh, my, I have several that came from Pampered Chef. They kind of just tossed them in as extra rifra right. stuff right. with whatever i ordered uh but these are amazing so they're great for if you have stuff uh stuck to your counter say you've been making a pie dough and there was some leftover dough that got stuck to your counter you can easily use this to scrape it up uh they're excellent for scraping stuck on food that's on your dishes and uh it's not sharp it's just a very hard plastic, so you can use it on your non stick stuff, and it won't mess that up uh so I really like this uh now we're really getting into this is stuff you really need to own once you you know you're a little more financially settled and you know you've got a little bit of money for the nice things in life get yourself one of these scrapers <laughs> uh you could probably find them elsewhere uh than just pampered chef but i know pampered chef does have them so that's my number eight a scraper
0: nice yeah it sounds like that that should be a pretty easy thing to get
1: my number it is. yeah my number seven stackable spice racks. I just hmm. got this and it has solved like <laughs> all of my spice rack, pro- all, my, all my spice problems. Hmm. So I've tried the little shelves where you, you know, you, I don't know, it's a little drawer or whatever that you can have sitting on your countertop and you have each of the little, little spice jars in their special little place and stuff. Uh Or you could put them in, just devo- devote one whole drawer to them. Uh, I've tried some other things, too. And ultimately, it all comes down to... It just doesn't give you the space that you need. And, you know, those those rotating spice racks, uh, the spice drawers. Uh, obviously, not all spice uh, bottles are the same size. You know, and of some spices, yeah, I want to buy a big bottle because... I use a lot of that spice. Others, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this for just this recipe, maybe mm-hmm. one other once a year. So you want to get just a little bottle. And so with the little ones, you feel like you're wasting space because, well, I could fit more in here, but I'm I'm just putting this little bottle here. And then the really big bottles don't fit in your spice, spice drawer. Right. And same with a lot of the other, you know, the rotating uh, turning wheel <laughs> for for your spices. And so I feel that the spice racks are excellent because you can uh, adjust it to fit any jar, any stack, any size, and uh, it really does create a lot more space. I've finally got my my spices alphabetized, and I love that. It makes it so much easier to find something and see if I'm out of it or not, rather than Oh, I just bought a brand new thing of basil, and oh, I just discovered that I had an unopened jar of basil in Mm -hmm. my my drawer, and I didn't realize it because I didn't find it until the day after I bought the new jar. So that's happened to me several times. And this, now that I have the stackable spice racks, everything's organized, it's tidy, I can always find what I want, it has really helped me in my cooking. Oh, good. And, you know, especially sometimes you're cooking in a hurry, mm. and it's really nice to know exactly where that specific spice you want is. So that is my number seven stackable spice racks. Now, it's a little bit of work to install, but fortunately for me, I have a wonderful husband and brother who installed them for me. And so <laughs> you just find a man in your life to put it in for you, and all your problems <laughs> are over.
0: Uh, huh?
1: Or if you're a man who likes to cook... Find your your female counterpart. <laughs> Alright. Number six is a large nonstick griddle.
0: Mm. Yeah, and this is
1: nice. Yeah. Wow, well, I would never have thought that this would, you know, be <laughs> so high mm-hmm. or ever make it onto a list like this. Yeah, me. But either. I you know, growing up I'd see those things and I'm like ah, you don't need that to uh, fry pancakes or mm-hmm. bacon. You can just use your ordinary skillet and you don't need to go all out. I and think if when you, you originally
0: got one, you, you still thought the same I, thing.
1: I definitely thought the same thing. <laughs> your mother gave it to me, uh, cause she was going to get a new one and that was very kind of her. And I thought, ah, I'll keep it for a while because it's a gift, but I'm never going to use <laughs> it pretty much. <laughs> and I've been wrong. So every time your family visits, which is pretty often, mm-hmm. um, It's wonderful for cooking on. You can, you know, you can do quesadillas on there. Then there's the regular pancakes and uh, bacon. You can do eggs. You can do so many. Basically, if you can do it in a skillet, you can do it on this griddle. And the wonderful thing about the griddle is that it fits a lot more than the skillet. So even for just the two of us, the times that I've made tuna melts, and we like to grill our bread uh or fry it on the griddle. Uh I can get both of ours done at the same time, which is something that I couldn't do when I was doing skillets. Or I'd have to do both of ours in each in two separate skillets and now I've dirtied up two dishes instead of just one. So this griddle has been wonderful for the times that we have uh uh, family members over any any guests really over uh, or when I'm just doing pancakes for just our family, it's nice to be able to get them all c- cooked up all at once, pretty much and not spend most of the meal time cooking them up while everybody else is eating. So that is my number six. a large nonstick griddle. Nice. Number five is a digital kitchen scale. Another Mm. one of those things that every time I saw (laughs) on a recipe, people were like, yes, measure this amount with your kitchen scale. (laughs) I kind of scoffed at it and mocked it inwardly. But I have really come to value how well a good kitchen scale aids in the kitchen. So I have the Ozeri brand, O-Z-E-R-I. And you bought this for me, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Brian is really great at picking out kitchen items. Aww. If you have any doubts, just ask him what's a good <laughs> kitchen item because he's got a gift. I well, have so many great kitchen tools that have come from him.
0: My secret is the wire cutter. I think it's a New York Times or New York Post website where they review products. Huh. That's usually my first stop. I don't. I don't always get. What they recommend but that's that's always my first stop they do some really good in-depth reviews and oh. uh, check out a bunch of different things so check out the wire cutter and we'll put a link to that in the show notes
1: yeah that's really good to know
0: yeah
1: um okay so the kitchen scale is ozeri and it's uh just a really nice small compact one i don't use uh i don't use it all the time uh, but often enough to where i consider it pretty essential these days and you can use it to measure ounces, pounds, kilograms, and grams, I think. Is that right? That sounds about right.
0: Uh, you said ounces, pounds? Yeah. Kilograms, grams? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's got what's called the tear Function so you can put a bowl on there. Oh, yeah, um, T A R E, not not T E A R. Mm -hmm. You put a bowl on there and then you press the tear function and it takes away the weight of the bowl. And now you can add your amounts with it with the numbers starting at zero, right? So that's pretty nice. Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. (laughs)
1: And uh, so I use it to measure the correct amount of flour, correct amount of chocolate. Uh, if I buy meat in bulk, like ground beef, mm-hmm. then I can, uh, accurately find out the amount to, uh, one pound to put into a Ziploc baggie and freeze for later use. And so it's nice for the meat, but it's really nice, especially for baking. Cause there are some recipes that only give you the amounts in ounces. They don't do it in cups or whatever. And before I could kind of figure it out, it's like, well, eight ounces is a cup. And so... Uh, Another two ounces, that'll be an eighth of a cup or something like that. Um, But this takes away all the guesswork and makes it a lot easier and faster. And it's accurate. It's completely accurate. And there are some baking recipes where it's got to be super accurate. You know, most recipes you can get away with fudging it a little bit. But others, it had better be down to the gram. So that's my number five, a digital kitchen scale, and I use the Ozeri brown, brand. Nice. All right. Yep. Good pick. Number four is was my anniversary gift from last year. It was a cast iron skillet.
0: Yeah, I and thought this, someone would be here. <laughs> yeah, this
1: this is wonderful. Uh, Brian got me the Lodge brand, so it's already pre-seasoned, which means it's already non-stick. And cast iron skillets. Uh they can be a little bit intimidating when you think about them, but ultimately they're they're super nice. Uh you technically don't even have to uh wash them per se with soap. You can just give them a really good scrubbing under hot water. Um I do still like to kind of lightly scrub with soap a little bit. But they give amazing flavor to your bacon. And you should never cook bacon any other way other than in your cast iron skillet in the oven. So here's what I do. Get however much bacon you want. Cut it up into, say, bite-sized pieces. uh Use some kitchen shears maybe. Ooh, that's an honorable mention. Some really sharp kitchen shears hmm. to use only for cutting meat. Don't that's use them on anything else, I'm just, just on one. meat. Uh Anyway, back to the iron skillet. Cast iron. Get your bacon into small bite-sized pieces, heat the oven to 425, and then stick the bacon in the skillet in the oven. Heat it at for 10 minutes at a time, and then stir between intervals. And say maybe 30, 40 minutes later, hmm. you have perfectly crisp bacon on all sides all the way through. And you had to do very little work. (laughs) You were able to attend to other things or just take it easy. You know, you didn't have to stand at the stove and keep an eye on your bacon and carefully flip it. No. And and no worries about getting splattered by grease either. Mm -hmm. So it's just a complete win all the way around. And then Brian got me a really big skillet. So I'm able to do large amounts of food. It's great for searing rice and getting fried rice in. Mm. Uh, it's great for cooking steaks in. Basically yep. anything that you're going to sear, you want a cast iron skillet. Mm. Uh, it's, it just gives it amazing flavor. Uh, one of the things about pans is that the heavier they are, the longer it takes them to heat up. Mm-hmm. But then, once they're heated up, they stay really hot. And so, that's one of the nice things about a ca- about cast iron is it does take a little while for it to heat up, but once you heat it up, especially if you heat it up in a- in the oven, it gets completely hot all the way around, and that's why uh, your foods will cook very evenly. All the way through. So, yeah, can't praise the cast iron skillet enough. I haven't branched out to doing like cookies in it or anything like that, like pizza cookies, hmm.
0: but eventually <laughs> I will. Mizuki's. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. There's a whole genre of cooking with your cast iron. Nice. Uh, that I'm going to eventually look into. Sounds so, that's good. my number four cast iron skillet, Lodge brand. Hmm. Good pick. Number three, metal mixing bowls. This was something my mom had growing up, and then I I didn't value until I had my own kitchen and I had the lame old plastic bowls. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to really put into words why these are so delightful. Um, they're sturdier, I guess. They're deeper. They they spin. Easily, so you don't have to uh, kind of keep lifting the bowl up and then turning it around or or whatever. You can just kind of easily spin the bowl around as you're stirring. They're a lot easier to clean because grease doesn't stick to them as easily. I don't know. I just love them. And everybody that I've talked to says that they're so much better in their opinion, too. <laughs> and I I can't really put it into words, but... Yeah, you need to get metal mixing bowls. That's my number four. My number three. And that was another recent birthday gift. Ta-da. So my number two and my number one both come from Pampered Chef. Pampered Chef, they've gotten a few things right, okay? There's a reason <laughs> they they name themselves Pampered Chef. And so number two is their can opener. It's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, so, oh, that's pretty nice. Uh this can opener... Cuts the seal around a can, the kind of the glue, and so that means that right. it easily lifts off the lid, and there are now no sharp edges to the can because you weren't cutting the metal. No sharp edges to the lid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, and, pretty clever. Pretty and smart. your
1: can opener stays sharp because, or you know, it doesn't get dull at any rate it still cuts equally well for a whole lot longer because you don't have to wash it. It's not getting food on it so because it's just cutting the seal. And since you're not washing it, it's not getting dull. Also, the regular ones get dull because they're actually cutting the metal. And, you know, that's a lot of wear and tear. This one's just slicing through soft glue. So it's an absolutely brilliant tool. I just gave one to my mom. Because the moment she saw it, she saw how brilliant it was. My sister (laughs) is getting one because she just horribly cut her finger from the store-bought ones. Yeah. And so I've recommended this to so many people. Uh, This this is an essential, almost. (laughs) Uh, If I hadn't already made that first list, I would say this one would be an essential because... I used to get a lot of uh, a lot of cuts from opening cans, and it was really frustrating too, uh, trying to you know cut through the metal. So yeah, get the Pampered Chef can opener. That's my number two. Nice. And last but not least, the Pampered Chef garlic press. Okay, mm. there are so many different ways to get garlic out of its papery peel and uh, press it or or chop it up or whatever, but this one. You just put the whole clove into this little, uh, hole in the, in the tool and, uh, you don't have to peel it. And then you just, uh, press the two ends together and out squishes the, uh, the garlic perfectly minced. I can never get it that finely chopped and it's perfectly juiced, uh, you know all the flavors and, and aromas come out so much better than if I were to spend forever trying to finally chop it. uh this is the only way to have freshly minced garlic is through the garlic press and yeah, I'm never going back this one This one has also become an essential for me. It's really easy to clean it comes along with this little special tool that you can use to get all the garlic out and then you afterwards it's dishwasher safe so uh, you can easily run it through there or just get a little scrub brush afterwards to scrub through the little holes, and presto, it's clean, and you need to buy this. So those are my not crucial, not essential <laughs> kitchen items that you really need to run out and go buy right now. Any thoughts?
0: Um, I don't know that I have anything to add other than... Uh the only downside with the can opener is uh if you use it for tuna fish cans it's harder to press down the lid and get the water out. That's true. But uh other, the lid other than that.
1: Perfectly fits back on top.
0: Right yeah. when you cut it when you do it with the one that uh right. slices in the metal. But other than that I I'd, I'd say uh that one's a slam dunk. So. These are the trials. I don't, I don't really have any anything else to add other than the the things I commented on along the way. So, do you have any honorable mentions?
1: Um, Whatever the one was that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And uh, press and seal plastic wrap. Mm. Yeah, I just discovered nice. that two years ago, I think, <laughs> at my friend Patty's wedding. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. And, you know, they were wrapping up the food trays for the wedding. And it just blew me away that here was... A plastic wrap that you could press down on it and it would adhere to anything not just glass not just metal it would adhere to plastic too so that is i can't go back now uh the other one is a pizza cutter uh that's really nice for uh if you have frozen pizzas or homemade pizza and uh i like to make my own marshmallows uh i only do it once a year at Christmas, but homemade marshmallows, the flavor is so much better. And you can make a whole bunch of fun, different flavors too. And so a pizza cutter is really crucial for if you make your own marshmallows. But those aren't as, these, they don't have as widespread of an appeal to the masses. So they didn't make the list. <coughs> All right. So those are the non essential kitchen essentials right in. And tell me why you think uh, I should have in my kitchen that I didn't mention that I've never heard about. I'm always on the lookout for some fancy new tool or gadget that will make life in the kitchen so much easier. <laughs> you can email us, tto at tto.coser.us, or go to our website, tto.coser.us, slash 90... What episode is this?
0: 92.
1: They all blend together. 92.
0: <laughs> yeah, right in and... Tell us that the title to the episode doesn't make any sense. I, I
1: knew mean, it. I knew this was coming.
0: Anything else that you wanna that you wanna send? It's so out?
1: snappy. It's so snap so perfect. It's
0: the opposite of snappy. Snappy means succinct. Uh
1: huh. Non-essential kitchen essentials. Uh, Love it.
0: kitchen non-essentials is snappier.
1: Well, and I was gonna say that, and then you were like, "Oh, but that doesn't sound as fun," and so I changed it back to what I wanted, and now you're making nice part of try. It, and you- you're a duck.
0: Nice try. You had non-essential kitchen essentials is the title the whole time I made fun of you and you tried to change it and I said, no, no, we're going with this so that I can make fun of you on the air. That's,
1: yeah, it wasn't a, oh, I feel bad that I made fun of you. <laughs> nope, just want to publicly humiliate me.
0: I'm sure you feel humiliated.
1: Absolutely.
0: Other feedback that we've got, I think the only, I might be missing one. But I think the only thing that we uh, didn't mention was uh, that Zach had commented on a bunch of earworms that he had. He said, uh, well, he listed on a bunch of them.
1: This is your brother's a Pirate
0: arc. Yes, that was on, what, what episode was he on? Superheroes.
1: Or comic book characters. Comic That's book what it characters.
0: Was. He said his earworms are Pirate's Life from Peter Pan, the cello song from Piano Guys, Imperial March from Star Wars. Uh, some of the other bad lip reading songs. Um, Had a Bad Day. Flower Garden from Yoshi's Island. She Say by the Diamonds. You wow. know that one? She Say. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. That
0: is that is one for me as well. Uh, and a couple video game ones. He said the only one that he doesn't like of the songs that we listed was Lollipop. So that's not too bad that,
1: uh, could be worse. Yeah.
0: 19 or I know we had some crossover, but close to 20 songs and you only dislike one. Not bad.
1: Oh, we had a little bit more feedback. Okay. I made a new friend at Brian's workplace. Oh, because he Colton came up and said that Danny Phantom is a fine TV show and I don't need to be ashamed of it. I don't (laughs) need to feel guilty about it. (laughs) So thanks, Colton. Thanks for the affirmation
0: thanks a lot colton
1: our next top 10 list is going to be inherently funny words so tune in next time to see what we consider to have funny sounds (laughs) until then i'm melissa koser
0: i'm brian koser
1: and you've been listening to 10 to 1
0: So you did Kitchen Essentials, you did Non-Essential Kitchen Essentials, do you think we might have another sequel, Essential Non-Essential Kitchen Essentials?
1: One can only hope.